Shooters, welcome into a mini-series here at the Shooters Touch that we are calling Five with Five. Why Five with Five? Because we are bringing in five new head coaches this season and asking them five questions. And so each day this week, we will roll out a new episode for you. We hope you take the time to listen, enjoy it. And as always, Shooters Shoot. I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can bow like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Shooters, we hope you've enjoyed this 5 with 5 as much as we have. It's been a lot of fun. If you like this everyday episode stuff, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Today we have another fun one for you. We bring on Jeff Ebling. He's the head boys basketball coach down in Indianola. He's got a cool story. He's a huge hoop head. And so kind of talking shop with him and, and getting to the point and where the stars align for him to get this job down in Indianola is a really cool one. We hope you learn a thing or two and enjoy it. And as always, shoot or shoot. Well, Shooters, welcome, Coach Ebling. Coach, welcome to the Shooters Touch. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, before before we jump into this, I mean, you got you got a tough boss over there that you got to try to try to please on a on a nightly basis. I've heard, what, I've heard what, some what, horror stories. What do you think it's going to be like with uh, with old Lee Nelson breathing down your neck a little bit? Well, I tell you what, it's not, it's not too bad so far. I mean, of course, you know. We haven't played any games yet, you know, and you know, you're, you know, Lee might be on the hot seat, you know, if you lose too many in a row. But, uh, hopefully, we don't have to worry about that, and we'll, uh, you know, have a good year. But he's been great so far. Uh, transition's been smooth, and he's uh, very quick. Like, if you have a question or something, he's really good to work with. So, um, you know, and he's not a bad golfer either. He likes to tell you about it too. I'm sure. So, uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. He, he's got no problem telling you about his skills. That's for sure. Yeah, we we played one time. We played pretty well. We played uh, Coach Larson uh, back oh, when at Norwalk there, and um, another teacher friend of uh, Coach Larson's. And I don't think he realized that I played golf before. And Lee and I, you know, I think we won that one pretty easy that day. So <laughs> sounds sounds like a Lee move right there too. But uh, he'll be uh, if you have a question or, or or need an opinion, he'll be quick to share that with you too. So you don't have to worry about uh, worry about that. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And that's and that's all right. Sometimes it's pretty funny to hear what he has to say. And you know, he's got some pretty decent points of views. At least they're similar to mine. So that's kind of funny, but it works. Perfect. Perfect. Well, good. So, all right, coach. Well, it's five with five. And so we got five questions for you. Um, first one, um, you took that phone call, um, obviously from Lee, I would assume that that call came from what well, you accepted the position as new Indianola boys coach. 
what was your first priority? What were you saying? Okay, here's, here's what I need to do. Maybe not day one, but in the first week or two, what, what was your mission? Well, you know, my first mission was to make sure that um, before word spread, because as we all know, when media gets it, it spreads like wildfire. Um, the first thing I did is make sure I told my players at Atlantic that I was leaving. I made sure I had a meeting the very next morning. So they heard it from me. Um, you know, that, and that was hard enough. You know, like you got to make sure they understand what's happening and um, why why I chose to leave and things like that. And it wasn't it wasn't easy to see them and look in look in their eyes and tell them that. But you know, it's better than them finding out over you know a news release or someone on you know, Twitter or sending some things out. Um, so they that was my first thing is make sure they knew. And then then it was just trying to work with Lee. Um, trying to set up a time, you know, I still had to fulfill my teaching obligations in Atlantic. It's not like that's a 20 minute trip and that's been 90 minutes one way. So, um, you know, setting up a time to meet with the boys. I wanted to make sure I at least touch base because obviously, you know, you want to build that relationship. And when you, you got a guy coming in from, you know, long ways out in Western Iowa, um, you know, they're probably like, who is this guy? You know, so just to be able to talk with him, I think it was like a 15 minute meeting. Um, you know, it's just funny to me how kids are kids, you know, <laughs> a lot of things they were doing that morning, it's 730 in the morning, they were already giving one of the other players, you know, a hard time, and it's, not, it's like, he probably hasn't even had breakfast yet, and you guys are all over him already, <laughs> but, um, you know, was meeting with them was probably the first priority, um, you know, and then after that, was get your staff ready, um, you know, who's coming back, who's, you know, deciding not to come back, and it's like that, and uh, touching base with each of them, and it was such a late higher I mean it was really mid to late May when I finally got the offer and accepted that um you know we had youth we had a youth camp already scheduled so we had to kind of get that and um we finished I think in Atlantic on June 3rd I think by June 5th I was already coaching Indianola up at the Centennial shootout that summer so I mean it was a very quick turnaround um and selling a house and getting this and that it was just or I would say for two months it was really chaotic and I'm kind of glad I'm here now uh, to kind of just smooth the waters out here a little bit, finally getting our feet settled here a little bit. And, um, you know, my wife had to find a job. She found that. So it was, it was kind of stressful. Um, but getting everything settled, getting the staff in, um, being able to work with the guys. We did a lot of skill development most of the summer. Um, you know, some coaches, they like to put all their sets in and all that we have a lot of multi-sport athletes, which I encourage. So it was just really developing a little bit, getting some time up and down the floor, which we played some good games this summer um, and, you know, kind of built in for the season. And hopefully, you know, we can transfer that uh, come November 29th already. Yeah, it'll be here, uh, be here before you know it. And uh, about the time you get settled, it'll be time to get going crazy again here. But uh, so a few, a few just quick things. One, obviously, a part of the transition, I know your wife's from Indianola. Um, I know that you, you had mentioned that uh, her father had passed. And so, you know, getting back home was a big one. Um, but uh, and we'll, we'll kind of get a little bit to those reasons on why you came there. And in, in, in my next question, but how so how many upperclassmen did you have to uh, say goodbye to uh, on your on your previous team that uh, might made that a little more difficult? Well, I mean, we ended up losing six seniors out of the 15 that we, um, you know, had on the roster at that point. And, 
you know, we had some success, you know, we just, we were one step away from state, you know, where part is we lost in Indianola's gym. So, you know, I got to kind of hopefully fix that on the 29th and make sure we get that <laughs> win that first night. But there you go. Um, you know, it just, it was just kind of weird how that worked out. And, you know, I think some of these guys in Atlantic, they really were, you know, thinking for next season, you know, we've had a good year and this and that. And then, you know, things changed quickly. I think it was over maybe a week, week and a half period where, you know, I'm playing summer camp for Atlantic and this and that. Here's our workouts and to completely switching all gears and going to a different route. So, um, you know, and <laughs> it was just kind of interesting. I got a phone call from Lee, um, you know, and at the time when I first applied, there was really no teaching jobs that I was qualified for. So, you know, applying for this head boys job is going to be difficult if they don't have any, you know, teaching positions. I mean, that pays most of the bills and usually basketball won't pay you all the way through. So, um, and then it was maybe the very next day after I submitted, I thought, ah, I'll just throw it in there. You know, if there's no jobs, I'll just say, hey, this is not going to work out. But the very next day, uh, three middle school positions open, one being a math position. So just happened to work out and um, we just went from there. So I think, uh, was it when I talked to Lee, it was, <laughs> Hey, can you come over tomorrow for an interview? Well, I was on a personal day that day. I was like, well, they probably don't want me to miss back to back days, yeah. but I do have another personal day the following day. So I ended up scheduling an interview there. And then I had to teach a lesson for the teaching aspect. It was kind of throwing all at me at once. And then I was like, Ooh, wow. It's kind of getting <laughs> well, a little busy all of a sudden in mid May. So, but, uh, you know, it worked out, it went well. Um, it's kind of funny. You never know how the interviews go because you never know what the other candidates are and how that you think it went all right. And I'm like, well, we'll see, you know, it is a 4A job. It's going to be sought after. I don't know who the other candidates really are. Um, you know, we, when you do your research, you knew Indianola had a lot of things coming back for at least two seasons for sure. And, you know, with the field house here, the facility wise, I mean, it's a great job. It's a great location. You're kind of metro, but yet you're far enough away from metro that you're you know, not one of those suburb schools. And, um, you know, you got Simpson College in town. It was, I mean, there's a lot of things that made this job, you know, in intriguing. And then you add that my wife's from here, it got real intriguing. And uh, when she asked me how it went, I go, well, I don't know. I was honest, so I probably didn't get it, but then it worked out. So <laughs> it was just, you know, one of those things. And, um, you know, it, it was, like I said, it was difficult to leave Atlantic. They did great, great things for me. The community is a great community, um, tons of support, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, sometimes you just got to do what you have to do for, you know, especially family purposes. And, um, you know, we still go back there every once in a while. It's kind of nice. It's kind of like a little retreat, go out to Western Iowa, you know, and still see some friends out there, but um, we're kind of, we're really happy to be here in Indiana. Well, I don't know, coach, it sounds like uh, it was almost meant to be that you got this job, you know, with those with those positions opening up. That was obviously the main, um, you know, maybe maybe what if uh, about the application. So, you know, like I said, it almost seems like it's meant to be. So so pretty good to hear. Well, you, you know, you hope so. Yeah. <laughs> As I told my wife, I think this is our I counted up sixth move in 10 years um, <laughs> and I think we're good. I, I really, if you've ever moved, trust me, you know what I'm talking about. It's not fun. Yeah. And, um, but I think, you know, we've, we found a place that we both, you know, feel comfortable. Um, you know, my parents are from North Central Iowa by Mason City. 
um, the Sheffield area. So it's kind of nice. I'm a little bit about an hour closer than I normally was when I was out in Atlantic. And, you know, my family, I have family out in Las Vegas, Minneapolis. So Des Moines is a pretty good hub for uh, airport yeah. pickups and things like that. So um, it's just, you know, it feels like it's the right fit. Uh, and the boys are making that an easy transition for me too. So that's always a positive as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, you mentioned those moves. Um, I'm assuming there was a reason for those moves and that's question number two. What, uh, what experience do you have that landed you this job? So what, um, what did the past look like? How'd you get to Indianola? Uh, you, this is going to be a long podcast. That's what it's <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, it, it started in a um, That's where I got my first teaching job. Uh, coach under Mike Holmes, who actually was at Des Moines Roosevelt, I think back in the day. Um, he ended up in Ottumwa and I kind of got linked up with him. Um, he was there five years. And then after that, um, I still taught in Ottumwa, but I was a head coach in Fairfield for a couple seasons. So I was driving back and forth while teaching in Ottumwa, coaching in Fairfield. So that was, you know, some long months, some long drives on Highway 34, uh, back and forth. Luckily, they made it four lanes, so I made it a little bit faster. Um, and then once that when I wasn't really getting a teaching job in Fairfield, I kind of, you know, say, hey, this isn't this isn't worth the money. I mean, I'm spending all my money in gas and you know, I'm gone all the time. And it just it starts to wear on you after two seasons. And so I volunteered back in the tumble for a year just to kind of get my bearings. Um, and then <laughs> try to see what's next. And then Des Moines Roosevelt called Chris McMahon, um, the former Roosevelt coach, gave me a call and um I ended up coming up to Des Moines to start there at Roosevelt as a varsity assistant. And, um, we had some good, you know, good teams there. We first year, I think we went 17 and six, really good team. And the next year we made state tournament for the first time in 31 years um, with Des Moines Roosevelt with Chris Bennett and uh, Tate Larson, some of those guys. So we had some, you know, really good, you know, experiences there um, was there four years. Then Chris McMahon got the, director of bass or uh, video coordinator job at Drake. So, well, I was kind of out in limbo again. And next thing I know, it was, I think it was mid-July. Uh, Chris asked me, hey, have you found anything? And he said, no, he goes, well, I think a spot in Norwalk's open. So I met with Coach Larson. And we had a good conversation. We were actually writing this car. I had a really good conversation. I can probably tell you, well, I can't tell you some of the things that were said, but, um, know you know, just, a good, just a good <laughs> conversation, you know, and, um, you know, we, I ended up there and that was right when Luke Vasky, um, I believe was a junior, my first year there, no sophomore actually. Um, and then I was there for three years and we made a state tournament there. I lost the state. Uh, quarterfinals to Glenwood when Glenwood won it that one year and um you know the, and then I'm planning on coming back to Norwalk everything was good and all of a sudden Atlantic came calling and ended up out in Atlantic for three years and then you know we had some good times out there some good teams you know getting better and better progressing and then once again <laughs> like you said it was kind of meant to be Indianola job just kind of opened up um it was kind of late you didn't really know my name in the ring to say, ah, they might call, they might not. Got the call, did the interview, and the rest is history. And um, you know, so it's been a while, and I've been all all over the place. I've coached obviously from pretty much three A, four A, all the way through. And um, you know, like I said, I'm hoping that this is the last stop of this uh, train because uh, I don't know if I can do another move unless unless someone's going to pay me, you know, millions and millions of dollars to do something. I think I'm good right here where I'm at. 
Yeah. And so uh, Atlantic was the first head coaching job, correct? Second one. Fairfield was head coach uh, for two gotcha. years. And then gotcha. Atlantic was uh, the second stint of head coach. Gotcha. Um, yep. You know, 2002 to now, I tell you what, starting year 20 teaching. Yeah, you learn a lot even when you're coaching all the way through that. Uh, yeah. What I did when I was 23 years old is not what I'm doing right now. I guarantee yeah. you that. So uh, on, it's kind of uh, it's kind of nice. On our on our regular you know longer episodes, we like to ask the question about um, you know what was one main you know uh, one light bulb went off when you were head coach. What did you learn that you specifically remember? What was one of the first things you learned as a head coach that assistant coach maybe doesn't have to go through? You know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of when you're young, you think, you know, yelling, screaming on the sidelines, really being animated because you see it a lot, um, you know, sometimes with these college coaches and things like that. And you begin to realize that you, you're playing, you're working with 14 to 18 year olds most of the time. And, you know, <laughs> it's just to me where once I started, you know, if, I'm yelling and screaming at you. Well, did I teach you that? Did I show you what I want in that situation? And then you started looking at yourself, like, is this really what, you know, when adversity hits, do you want someone yelling and screaming at you? Or do you want someone to pull you aside and kind of say, Hey, this is what we need to do. How are we can get there? Um, you know, and that's the one thing that I've learned over the years. Um, seen a lot of different coaching styles, you know, <laughs> from Mike Holmes to Chris McMahon to Chris Larson, you know, I, I've seen a ton and, you know, now that I'm kind of older and, you know, a little more <laughs> seasoned, I don't know if I can yell and scream that much anymore anyway. Um, I don't think my blood pressure or my heart probably taken anymore. So I just try to stay calm. And I noticed that over the past few years, when I started, really started focusing on that, my teams, when it was a crunch time, were performing a lot better because they just knew, let's take a deep breath. We got to get the next play. You can't worry about what happened three, four plays ago. Just focus on the now and um, so far, you know, I kind of like that style. Now, don't get me wrong, in practice or behind closed doors, you know, that old coach Evely might come out a little bit. But uh, for the most part, you know, when it's out on the sidelines, we got a job to do and we need to stay focused on that. Um, you know, yelling screaming is probably not the best attribute to have when you're trying to get something accomplished. Yeah, you can, uh, you can learn a lot from experience and maturity, that's for sure. And you just kind of, you kind of get able to, self-reflect goes a long ways. And so that's great coach. Um, all right. So we talked a little bit third. So this is our third question here for you. We talked a little bit about this um, earlier. And as far as what um, is the biggest reason on why you took this job here in Indianola. And we talked about the family and, and, you know, even a little bit about that 4A jump. But so since we touched on it, I want you to kind of specifically look at um, the potential and the roster and what you kind of we're going to we're going to talk about what you want to eventually build here with this program. But what was it um, day one where you're like, OK, all this family stuff, all this community, all this fit. Um, OK, let's look at these 11, 12 guys. What what did you like? What made you the most excited? Well, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, even with all that stuff, don't think I did not look at quick stats and see what's coming back. Um, <laughs> you know, like, yep. is this a complete rebuild or is this uh you know, they've got something going or, you know, or the, in this case, it's a very, very solid, very solid situation. Um, you know, and when I was looking through and, you know, you see the stats, you see the shooting percentages, you, you know, you talk to other coaches. Um, there's 
there is very, very huge upside to coming over here. Um, not only, you know, because Indianola and being 4A, but the little Hawkeye Conference, let's be honest. I mean, they've had the last three state champions come out of this conference for Class 3A, um, Wadoski, Norwalk, and uh, Pella. I mean, when's the last time a conference can say, hey, we've had three straight state champions in Class 3A come out of one single conference of eight teams? And then you got Pella Christian, who's always a solid 2A. Um, Norwalk's now 4A. They're growing. DCG is growing. I mean, they're still 3A, but they're not far away, I don't think. They're moving up. Um, you know, th this conference, after coaching in Norwalk and kind of seeing it, every night is just a challenge. And, you know, it's to me, that's part of coaching is, you know, is you want to take on those challenges and it's not always going to be great. You know, there's going to be, sometimes you might get your, you know, head bashed in pretty good. And then the next night you're beating a team, maybe you shouldn't have beat. So um, I do know this in this conference, that was one part that, you know, really made it intriguing to come back. I always thought it was a very tough conference coaching in the Metro with Roosevelt and still playing in some of the suburban schools and playing in the little Hawkeye. There's not much difference. Um, you know, size of school, maybe a couple size of the kids, you know, you might not see as many six, eight kids or six, nine kids, but if the competition is still a high level, um, and then, you know, the players, I mean, you got, I, right now, I think we maybe have three or four seniors total and the rest are mostly juniors. Um, what I saw this summer, um, made my decision even more positive for me because I'm like, wow, you can throw almost anyone in there at any time and be competitive. Um, you know, we played Johnson this summer. We played Des Moines Roseville. Uh, we played, gosh, Dowling. Um, we played Des Moines Hoover. You know, we played the four A's, the, you know, the ones that normally you would see in the sub-state final. And we were right with them and we beat, you know, beat them this summer. Now summer's different than regular season, but we know we can compete. Uh, and that was another thing, you know, sometimes when it's a rebuild, it's not the easiest in the world to, you know, especially if you've got something solid where you're at, do you really want to go through the rebuild process again? Um, and this one was not that. And after meeting with Lee and going through the interview process with the boys, just saying, seeing the facilities and, you know, all that, it made the decision pretty easy. Uh, it, when they offered, my, again, my wife and I, we kind of talked ahead of time, even before they offered. If they offer, she looked at me and she goes, are you going to take? And I said, that's about 99.5% chance yes. Um, and I said, the only hard part is, hopefully they offer, there's step one. <laughs> and then right. two, you got to tell everyone over here in Atlantic and there's going to be some upset people, but that's just the way it is. And, yep. you know, you deal with it. So, but um, it just made it intriguing. And, you know, like you said, my family being over here and her family being over here, you know, it, it just seemed to fit and it was a great spot. And hopefully, like I said, I'll be here for many, many years to come. Well, and I know that, uh, I know you're a heavy film guy as, as <laughs> I knew before even talking with you. And then tonight you said you're already diving into the film. For this <laughs> one. So, um, so I know you said you jumped on quick stats, but you knew going into that interview, what you were getting into before it, uh, might have some inside sources on that. It sounded like you kind of had a pretty good idea of the kids coming back and what some yeah. strengths and weaknesses already were. <laughs> well, and, you know, just looking at them and some of the sets I would run previously, I was already putting the Indian old players in the sets. Like where would I put them when I ran these sets over here? Um, you know, and 
that's just kind of how, I mean, I'll sit there and I'll wake up at night and I'll, for some reason, I'll pop in my head sometimes, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but it's just, you know, I always like that aspect of, you know, how can I get this the way I want it and really just bother another team where they're just frustrated. To me, that brings me joy as a coach, you know, like <laughs> you're not going to get that. You're going to try something else or, you know, just things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I am kind of a film guy. Um, my scattering ports, sometimes I probably overdo it, but I'd rather be too prepared than underprepared. Um, you know, most times I only look at two or three game fills for a regular season game, but like a sub-state game, I think I went through seven or eight. Um, we had about seven or eight page scattering report. And, um, that, and part is I kind of teach how, what they need to know as players. Um, you know, the main points of it, everything else is really for me on the sideline during the game. So I know exactly what I want, but um, they get it. Um, and then <laughs> we go through it and then it's their job to study. It's like a class, um, you know, and the guys that know it, we'll see the floor and the guys that, you know, kind of struggle, well, you better study more. I mean, it's just like a class and we got some intelligent kids here and <laughs> that's kind of a big that, bonus that, too. You know? That helps, yeah. Exactly. Helps. They like basketball and they study it and, you know, we're, we're going to have, you know, some good times, I think this season and, you know, preparation takes a lot off of that. If you're prepared and if you've done everything possible that you could and, then if you win or lose, you've done everything you possibly could. It's the times where you don't do that, that you kind of regret. Um, so I always make sure I don't look at another team's film until we're done with the team that we're supposed to be playing next. Um, and then usually the very next day, they'll get that scattering report. So they have time to prepare. So by Thursday, we're going through it. And Friday, they know the players know it like the back of their hand as well. And we go into the next game. So. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like all basketball all the time, which uh, we we appreciate here on the podcast for sure. Um, well, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, your current roster. Um, and the next question, question number four will, um, I guess, is around that. What are some of the expectations? What are some of the goals for this upcoming season? And if um, you've talked to the team about that, um, you know, what have you kind of nailed down as as those goals? You know, currently we, we haven't sat down as a team um, yet, but, you know, with football going on right now and they're having quite a bit of success right now, I'm kind of just, I guess you can say, standing behind the scenes, like go do you what you need to do. Um, our golf team's actually playing pretty well too. We got about three or four golfers, I think as well. And, um, so it's kind of interesting that, you know, a lot of times coaches want to dive in right now and we got, well, there's plenty of time to dive in, but uh, you know, yeah, a lot of teams, they do that. They try to predict, you know, what, what should we do with, you know, throughout the entire season. And again, once over my 20 years, I kind of learned that kind of sucks to do. I'm sorry, but it just, because you're just setting yourself up or if you don't get there, you think you fail, but in all actuality, you might've had a really good season on top of it. You just didn't get to the, maybe what you said at the game of the year. So, um, I always would tell them, hey, you, your job is to win the next game. Right now, the next game for us is North Pole. You know, nothing after that matters. We're trying to get 1-0, and but, um, you know, the expectations around town, I mean, I always have buddies that say, oh, geez, you got everyone coming back. You should be competing in this. I go, we got to play a game first. We haven't even played. You know, like, relax here. We got plenty of time to worry about that, but, you know, the wins and losses will take care of themselves. And Like I said, it's how you prepare. It's injuries, you know, 
are we healthy? Um, you know, and people, we all forget sometimes we're still in a pandemic here right now, you know, it can change like that um, real fast. So uh, we just, I usually tell them just take it day by day, get better in practice, you know, and, you know, we'll deal with the other stuff as it goes along. But, you know, my expectations is we should be competitive. We're going to play hard. And the boys, the main part of playing basketball is to have fun personally. You know, you can't take it so seriously where you're living and dying off every single win and loss. You got to learn from it, both a win and a loss, learn what you did well, or keep doing what you did well, learn from your mistakes, and then move on to the next thing. So, um, you know, that's just kind of my philosophy because I know when people say, oh, well, what do you predict? I don't know. I'll tell you after I get to that point, I'll tell you exactly what my prediction yep. is. Oh, that's a that's a good philosophy. Whether you're talking <laughs> basketball, uh, new job, new life, new whatever exactly. it is, I mean, that's something where you just kind of, like you said, one one step at a time, um, one day at a time, sometimes. But uh, exactly, uh, that's that's a good way to be. So, um, all right, coach. So number five, then. So we're gonna force you. We're gonna flip <laughs> it a little bit because we're gonna force you to think down the road. I know you. We just said one day at a time, but all right, I'll try. Three years from now, three we'll go three to five, somewhere in that window. Um, you know, every coach and every team kind of takes its takes on an identity. Um, what what do you want your team in in three years there in Indianola um, to be thought of uh, throughout your league, throughout the community? Um, what's what's that expectation going to be? Um, to be honest with you, I think my expectation is that any team that we play knows that we're going to come in, we're going to compete extremely, extremely hard. Um, you know, we're going to be prepared. We're going to, you know, we're going to try to take away what you like to do, your bread and butters, as I like to call it to the boys. Take away that stuff. You're going to have to come up with some other um, option or, you know, some other idea to, you know, get by us, things like that. So, and that really starts from the middle school on. Um <laughs> so uh hold on just a second is there bad audio who's is buzzing i don't i have no idea adam me? can you hear that no i can't hear it maybe it's me jeff can you hear it i can hear it yeah you we can't hear you at all now adam. yeah now he's off is the buzzing gone though when there I we go yeah yeah the buzzing's gone now yeah how's that that's i think we're that's, good that's good huh. yeah <laughs> sorry i was like oh well, i'm like where is I, that coming from so, it's fine. It was... um, where, sorry, we'll, we'll obviously edit out of that, yeah, but, um, do you remember where you were at pickup from, um, you know, just that every team that we play, you know, they know that when they play us, it's going to be a battle, you know, we're going to come in, we're going to compete hard. Um, we're going to be very well prepared and we're, you know, we're going to have an idea of what they like to do, what they really like to do in certain situations and, you know, can you adjust to fit us and try to beat us because we're not going to let you do you know, your normal, hey, this is a set they always go to. Well, we're going to have something to take that away. Um, we're just going to be a tough all around, you know, from whether you're playing our freshman team to our varsity team. We're going to play hard. You know, we're going to, you know, represent Indianola in the right way. Um, and, you know, we're going to be competitive. And it's hard because a lot of people, you know, oh, you're Indianola, but you play in a 3A conference and this and that. Well, you know, our non-conference, we do play some forays. And, you know, this is our chance to say, hey, you know, yeah, we might play in this conference, but 
you know, we're just as good as any 4A that plays all 4A schools all the season long. And, you know, that's our goal, you know, to make sure that we're seen as, you know, top-notch program, uh, done the right way, held the right standard, uh, players, you know, coachable, um, and they represent what we want as a program. You know, high class, humble when you win, humble when, you know, you don't get beat or when you get beat and you just, you know, learn from it and move on. And that's not just a skill in basketball, but a skill in life. And I'm hoping that this will go over after basketball because we all know sooner or later the game ends for you. And it's a hard time when it does, but, you know, you got to have some skills that hopefully you learn from, you know, our program that will help you down the road in the future. Yeah. And well, and it sounds like uh, everything that you have set up and your experience is going to go a long ways to be able to, um, you know, have those kids prepared. And, you know, one of the toughest things, obviously, at the high school level is you kind of take what you're given. I mean, it's something where, you know, at the college level, um, one of the hardest parts of the job is recruiting, but you can recruit kids to fit your system. And um, obviously, when you're at a at, in the high school level, you're not able to do that. And so being having these kids prepared from a young age and um, your skills and toolage will definitely help that. And uh, we're excited to watch, excited to follow along. Like I said, obviously, I'll have a little bit more of an inside track um, hearing, <laughs> how, hearing how things are going through Lee. But um, coach, we really appreciate you coming on. We talked before. Uh, We'll have to get you on once you get a, get you a little bit of taste. We'll have to sit down and talk a little bit more because I think we could talk um, talk shop with you for quite a while. But we appreciate your time tonight. Hey, no problem, and I'm always willing to talk hoops. So.